Oh, gang, 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 gang. Here we go. Episode 34 of Hype Drop. We're back. It's going to be a wild one. It's going to be fire on this episode. Why? You're about to see why. Because we just came back from Burning Man, baby. We burned. And I got a lot to say about it. And I'm stoked to be back for you guys. I love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here with me on episode 34. Let's get it popping. I want to thank you, you guys, for letting me be myself again. Um, that's Sly Stone and the gang, family. I actually don't know the full, what is it, Sly Stone. Anyhow, funk song. And we saw that song live from at Crossroads at Burning Man. And I got a couple of apologies to lay out before I get into this episode. I got a few apologies. Number one. I'm sorry that uh, this is coming out a day late. I didn't know how long it was going to take to get back. I couldn't get it out on Tuesday as I normally have. This is the first time we've missed our Tuesday midnight deadline. Or I guess it'd be Wednesday midnight. I don't know which day it goes to. It must be Wednesday, right? But we missed our deadline for the first time ever. But that's going to happen. There's bumps in the road, all right? There's going to be some bumps in the road along this podcast and in life. And uh, this is our first biggest bump, I think. We bumped ourselves to Wednesday release. But it doesn't matter because it was completely on war or worth it and uh you know we're sorry for getting this one out i hope you guys were okay on tuesday and on monday sometimes we get them out on monday but this time we're getting it out on wednesday and uh you know because we had such an epic week um the second apology is i, I basically have plyo lung which is what you get when you spend a week in the desert breathing tiny antimicrobial dust and um so that's going to be, I'm probably going to be nasally. I'm probably going to be coughing here and there on the episode. So I apologize for that in advance. And also just the fact that I'm more or less sleep deprived still from, you know, this experience. And uh, the, the, there's, they even call it, there's like a decompression period. I'm in decompression mode right now, apparently, still. So when you get back from, and, and this is my fourth and final apology, or maybe it's third, I don't know. The fourth and final apology here is I apologize for the amount of enthusiasm, the amount of talking I'm going to do, and the amount of, like, just the amount of Burning Man talk you're going to have to endure, not just for this episode, but probably probably for the foreseeable future, because if you've been there, then you probably understand it, maybe you know, if you haven't, maybe you don't want to hear about this shit, um, but... I couldn't be more excited to share some of my experiences with you guys. I couldn't be more uh, excited to just talk about this. Like I'm still digesting it. I'm still in decompression mode. Like I was saying, when you go out, when you come back from Burning Man, there is a fucking thing that happens where you have to reassimilate back into what's known as default world out there, which is the world we all live in right now. And um, for a lot of people it's really tough for me it hasn't been so bad thus far i've like been pretty excited actually to kind of share my experiences and share my my new um my profound i don't know and this is the another apology apologies coming out because i just have to preface this whole episode by saying number one this is this was my first burn my first burning man experience and 
Therefore, I probably am going to say things that, you know, are not completely informed. I'm probably going, I'm just trying to speak on my experience of it. I'm just trying to share you guys, with you guys what I uh, learned, discovered, and, and enjoyed out there and, and everything else. So, you know, I hope you guys are digging it. That's all I can say. But if you're not, you can fucking do what you got to do. Turn it off. You don't have to listen. Nobody has to do what they don't want to. Eh, 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 eh. So obvious, right? So... Uh, but apology anyways for people that maybe are more interested in the parkour stuff. We're going to get to that later in the episode. Don't worry about it. All right. So like I was saying, so we get in decompression mode because when you're out at this uh, this event and uh, right now it's it's sort of classified as a festival. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to put a word on it. It's kind of hard to put any words on it. And and you're. And anything that I'm about to say, anything that I'm about to relay to you guys, it does nothing to the actual experience of going and participating. You have to like, and speaking of that, let's look at the 10 principles here because I think this is a really good way to kind of inform you guys. Like I want to talk about Burning Man for a good portion of this podcast because it's, it's fresh in my mind. I'm still digesting it. I'm still in decompression mode. I'm still like, people get depressed and they come back from Burning Man. They get depressed and like... They have like withdrawals basically because it is an essentially a drug-like. Exp- or I don't know. It's I. You know, I said before I went out there. It is like a mini life cycle. Like you've lived a life out there, and I think that was actually pretty accurate. Like, when, upon coming back, that was maybe the one thing that I had a good sense on. I really had no the. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and even with all the stuff that I'm about to tell you, I think you kind of. There's no way to to really know what you're getting yourself into until you go out and do it or, you know, experience it for yourself. So, um, with that said, um, let's get into some 10 principles because I think <clears throat> this will just kind of help you guys understand it and kind of lay the foundation for, for the whole rest of this, this little intro on burning man. And I just want to tell you guys like how, how gnarly it was things that happened with me and just, you know, whatever comes up here. So here we fucking go. We got the, this is the ethos. This is the 10 principles of Burning Man. This is an event. Again, I'm not going to go into all the details because, you know, it's all available online. So I'm going to speak mostly on, you know, what I can discover personally. But I think this is important to just kind of to underlay everything. So um, here we go. 10 principles of Burning Man. A commonly, a set of commonly understood values reflected in the Burning Man experience. So this is like the survival guide they give you. This is the 10 principles um, that they want you to read about, you know, before you get in there so you know what it's about. So number one, radical inclusion. Anyone may become, excuse me, anyone may be a part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger. No prerequisites, no prerequisites exist for participation in our community. All right. Number two. Gifting. Burning Man is devoted to acts of gift giving. The value of a gift is unconditional. Gifting does not contemplate a return or an exchange for something of equal value. Um, and let me maybe I'll just elaborate a little bit. Like radical inclusion, like it's kind of self-explanatory, but really it is like everyone is accepted. It is the anti-prejudice zone. Like it is a true. And that's why the you know that's why there's like this weird uh, decompression period that people keep talking about. Again, like I'm enjoying my decompression because I'm excited to share my experience with people and I'm excited to see, you know, what I've learned applied in in deal in default world. It is a little bit intense, so it is a little bit like damn, you know, the world looks different now. It's uh it's kind of scary in some ways, but 
I'm loving it. Um, and the gifting is, that's a huge thing. Like, let me, let me just keep going. Actually, we'll just keep going. We'll go over it all later. Demodif- decommodification. Number three, in order to preserve the spirit of gifting, our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorships, transactions, or advertising. We stand ready to protect our culture from such, such exploitation. We resist the substitution of consumption for participatory experience. Number four, radical self-reliance. Burning Man encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on his or her inner resources. Number five, radical self-expression. Radical self-expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. No one other than the individual or a collaborating group can determine its content. It is offered offered as a gift to others. In this spirit, a giver... God damn it. In this spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient. Uh, Number six, communal effort. Our community values create creative cooperation and collaboration. They value it. Sorry. I'm not reading well. Again, it still sleep sleep deprived from uh, from the burn a little bit. We strive to produce, promote, and protect social networks, public spaces, works of art, and methods of communication that support such interaction. Number seven, radical or excuse me, civil responsibility. We value civil society. Community members who organize events should assume responsibility for public welfare, welfare and endeavor to communicate civic responsibilities to participants. They must also assume responsibility for conducting events in accordance with local, state, and federal laws. Number eight, leaving no trace. Our community respects the environment. We are committed to leaving no physical trace of our activities wherever, wherever we gather. We clean up after ourselves and endeavor whenever possible to leave such a place in a better state than when we found them. Participation. Um, Damn, I kind of want to elaborate on these now, guys. They're, they're, they're all so juicy. Participation. Our community is committed to a radical, radically participatory ethic. We believe that transformative change, whether in the individual or in society, can only occur through the medium of deeply personal participation. We achieve by... Th- by, excuse me, we achieve being through doing. Everyone is invited to work. Everyone is invited to play. We make the world real through actions that open the heart. And number 10, the last one, immediacy. Immediate experience is, in many ways, the most important touchstone of value in our culture. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and a recognition of our inner selves, the reality of those around us, participation in society, and a contact with a natural world exceeding human powers. No idea can substitute for this experience. All right, so that might be a little dense. I, maybe I should have, uh, you know, went along, like, touched one by one here and kind of elaborated to help explain some of these. But we kind of got through the the first one, radical inclusion. Like, like they say, it's it's fucking about everyone being included, and you really feel it out there. It's it is a very strange place. So for again, for those who don't know, background a little bit. It takes place this event. It's a week long. Or longer sometimes for, for people that, you know, go out there and help set up or for people that stay longer to help break down, etc. Um, but basically, it's a week-long event. And I wouldn't, again, there's hard, it's hard to put a word on it. And I'm sorry, I'm going to sound like I'm probably way too stoked on it in some, some of these things. I'm probably going to sound like I can hear, um, you know, the the masses you know people myself even before i went out there it's hard to kind of grasp it it's hard to feel you don't know what the fuck people are talking about when they're talking about this place which is why i suggest people you know just investigate for themselves and see because if you feel like you're ready to go out there when i like i did this year 
and you decide to go out there, you di- you dive in, you know, and you have the the intentions to 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 take take these ten principles to heart and kind of like experience it, do the radical inclusion, like be out there and gift. You know, gifting is the second one. So it's crazy. The whole economy. There is an economy, really. It's just everything is free. It's it's a you go out, you get your you get your food, you get your drinks, you get whatever the fuck you need. You, there's workshops, there's tons of things. Literally, it's everything that you can imagine in this place called Black Rock City, which is basically a temporary metropolis in the desert. So it's in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in Nevada. It's a beautiful desert. You know, it's like surrounded by mountains. They call it the Playa. It's uh, just a flat desert land it's like blm public land so it's it's you know government land that you know they've they've have to keep crazily clean so that's part of like the leave no trace thing which is i'll get to that later i mean there's just too much to fucking talk about honestly i don't even know how i'm gonna get through this episode i could probably wax on about it for for years at this point already there's so much to digest but the uh, the gifting is insane. So no one, you don't pay for anything when you're out there. Yes, you have a pay. You pay for a ticket. You'll pay camp fees if you stayed with the camp. My camp right behind me. I have a banner. There's it's Mountain Mayhem. So shout out to Mountain Mayhem for making my journey through Burning Man possible and and making it you know what it, what it was, which is and again, <laughs> I can't fucking stress enough how it's going to be hard for me to to relay some of this information to you guys without sounding like I'm exaggerating or sounding like just over the top about it. But it was legitimately one of the, if not the best experiences of my life, best weeks of my life, one of the best experiences I've ever had for a number of reasons. Um, And again, it probably sound crazy about this, but you know, you know when you know. Anyhow, so gifting, everything's free. So what that does, and that's that decommodification, that's the next principle, it preserves the spirit of gifting and create a social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorship. So you don't have people trying to sell you shit when you're out there. It's, and, and what that does for the city, and this is again, I think why that people go through this decompression period. You know, what we have in, in a default world or whatever they call it. And, and let, me get, let me get things also clear. Like the fact that it only exists for a week, the fact that it is a, a, a purposefully temporary event is also an important part of the experience. Like this isn't necessarily a sustainable culture, a sustainable society as it is. Um, but it's an incredibly beautiful and important thing that, it, that it, the way they set it up is they remove all this inauthentic interaction from from their black rock city because think of all think of it this way first of all you have you have only people out there and i think the the population this year was roughly 70,000 something like this this is an event that started 19 years ago in san francisco they just like had a party on a beach and and burned a man they burned this effigy like fuck the man we're burning this guy and it grew literally just from that people could like they just invited people to have you know, a good time, go out and do the, whatever they want, be themselves out on the beach. It got so big that they they told them, no, nah, you're going to this. How about you? You can't have this party on San, in San Francisco on the beach anymore. And the guys that founded it. And I want to I want to do a lot more research and uh, get more well versed on it because I went out there with good intentions, but not not necessarily the greatest understanding of, of everything. So uh, 
they eventually got so large that the the government said, "No, nah, you can't party here anymore. It's getting too wild." And they, you know, they said, "Well, you gotta, you can't let it, you can't stop us from doing what we want to do." You know, where 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 are we gonna go? We'll work with you on this, but we, you know, and it, and it's kind of like a challenge. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how it is. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe it's kind of a fuck you to these guys. The government is like, "Here, you can have this plot of land in the middle of the desert in Nevada, Black Rock City is what it's called now. It's literally." it's desert. It's a flat desert. <laughs> it's a fucking desert. And it is a complete wasteland. It looks like a fallout from whatever. If you played fallout, it's just, it's literally just like that. It's just completely barren land, like beautiful mountains surrounding it. It's a beautiful desert, but it is a wasteland essentially. And the only thing that exists when, before the event er- er begins is just, you know, people come out and they stake out roads, basically, literally just putting stakes in the de- in the in the ground to just kind of like show you like where your camp might be or where the roads are going to be. But everything is brought out, and that's that's one of the things that's most incredible. That's probably the most incredible thing about this is that in one of the harshest environments you can imagine, there's wind dust storms. Like when I got there, when we arrived, it was like a 25 hour drive. Because when we arrived, there was about a six-hour delay just getting into the camp because there was insane dust storms, complete whiteout. You couldn't see like 12 feet in front of your face of of just white sand. The, the, the sand gets kicked up, the dust, it's just in your face. Everything gets covered in dust. The whole week you're out there, it's, it's dry as fuck. It's hot. The nights are cold. And like that just enhances the whole experience. Everything is just more beautiful, honestly, because of that. Because, and again, like I, I, I fucking am gonna have a hard time getting through some of this stuff. Like it, you guys are gonna have to hear about this for a while. It, sorry, but it's it's there's a lot to say, um, and I just want to share it with you guys. Like the, it's it's a beautiful thing because we're just like the government was saying here. Have like this this area. Like how we dare you basically to try to try to have your party here, away from completely away from civilization completely in a harsh environment where you have to drag every every ounce every drop of water you have to to drink for the entire time you're out there you have to bring it in every piece of art that is created out there is brought in every every like bathroom latrine every crumb of food every iota of energy like anything that you bring out there also has to get the fuck out of there and you're done so like it's it's madness it it makes you believe you know if you're if you're someone who struggles with um being optimistic about humanity <laughs> which i think a lot of us do especially in this day and age i was actually super inspired just at looking at black rock city and just knowing that this was a desert a week ago and now it is like this incredibly colorful vibrant metropolis full of just completely genuine people trying to just be themselves, express themselves and everyone just being super accepting of them and encouraging and, and collaborating together to create like, again, I could talk about it for years. You have to, you have to visit. Honestly, I don't feel like I could ever do it any justice and I'm sorry for Dick riding burning man so hard, but it's, it is just like incredible to me. It is absolutely dumbfounding and stunning to me. It, actually renewed and restored and like blasted my faith in humanity up like 10,000 points because 
it's just, it's hard to explain, but you, you can't believe like that humans can come together and create something together like this, despite the elements. Like it's just the fact that it's in the desert just blows my goddamn mind. You know, it could be done outside of civilization. It could be done like, and that's one of the things that's why, what's why you, one of the reasons why you get such genuine interaction is think of the people that are willing to spend 10 to 12 days in the desert, bringing all their gear in, bringing all their food, water, not being able to take showers for the most part. You know, you, I had baby, like baby wipes. That's what you have for a shower pretty much the entire time you're out there. Some people have some running water here and there, but you get dusty. No matter how clean you get, you're going to be fucking dusty in two hours, probably sooner, especially if there's any kind of dust storm, forget about it. Um, and, and, and no one even mentions it. That's the beautiful thing. It's like, yeah, we all under, you, you're out there. You don't care about that. That's not really, that's just like there to, to, to put you in that, that space where you're ready to, to just overcome and like embrace the challenge. And I don't know, it's. I have to, again, I have to sit on this. I have to digest it all more. It's fucking ridiculous. But uh, it's a beautiful thing. Anyhow, keep it going. So we got the radical self-reliance. That's, again, you, this is huge, the radical self-reliance. You have to bring your survival stuff out there. It's kind of nuts. Like, you're encouraged to to just go off in your own spe- explorations and, you know, see what you're made of. And like, this is again, why that life cycle comment I made before I even went out there was pretty true. Like you have to, in life, the same thing is, is true. You have to fucking rely on yourself. You have to see what you're made of. You have to like challenge yourself to be better to, you know, either come overcome the elements, which are, you're going to come in contact with the elements out there, but also communal effort, which is another principle is just, it's always there too. The playa provides is what this saying goes out there. There's the playa provides, which is like because it's so gifting economy, because people are out there to help each other and because it's not, and because it's a gifting economy, it's not for anything. People are just doing it just to, to, to enjoy the act of giving. It's insane. The synchronicity that you you experience out there. It's insane. The amount of like love you feel from human beings out there. That's like why you feel that restored faith in humanity because everyone's out there to enjoy and help each other and, and also better themselves and, and sharpen themselves, you know, so I, I didn't meet one person that I felt like was, a, you know, not trying to, to be their best out there. It was kind of crazy. It's really a surreal experience. You know, there's none of this toxic infiltration of like, well, they have this ulterior motive. They're trying to get this from me. So they're giving me this. None of that. It's very, very strange. It's very, very encouraging though. Um, and then radical self-expression. There's literally everything out there. Everyone that goes out there, again, they bring it out there. So what, whatever you, whatever it means to you to bring out there, like Mountain Mayhem, like we bring the Alpines to the fucking desert. We bring the slopes. We had a fucking ski lift in the, in our camp. We had, you know, like some, some slack lines and some balance beams, some parkour shit, which is kind of cool. Um, because, you know, even with me not even knowing that, you know, we had some parkour people in the camp and, you know, one of our camp is crushing it. I was really fortunate to have a camp that had been existing for many years and I got to walk into like a very good situation and I tried to contribute as much as possible, but you know, obviously it was, it was much easier with their help. Um, but radical self-expression, like that's one of the crazy things is like what people decide to bring out with them and share and gift to the rest of the, the, the people out there is mind blowing. Cause it, it runs the gamut. Like you see, 
<clears throat> there's things like the Thunderdome, which is like basically your Mad Max battle arena where they're fucking pulling people back on bungees and slamming into each other, battling with swords to express themselves that way. There's, 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 you know, there's a districts for, you know, uh, like an LBGT community. There's, there's, you know, where people just, you know, there's a bunch of people walking around naked and all the time, because if people want to be naked, it's fine. You know, let your dick swang, say the dump them out. As we say at the Mountain Mayhem, dump them out, tits, balls, whatever you need. You got to do what you got to do. But, and, uh, and, and that's beautiful because, you know, people that are uncomfortable with that, they're going to, you know, it's that radical self-reliance. It's up to you to kind of deal with that. You know, it's, it's not, it's that expression. Like you, the individual is encouraged to be themselves and not like placate to, to anybody else. So some guy wants to walk around with his fucking dong swinging back and forth over his bike and you get uncomfortable about that. That's going to be your problem because you're going to see a lot of cock out there. Um, and then, I don't know, it's that self-expression, like people, people are, you'll see crazy, awesome things because people that are, you know, they are, and the fact that this whole event exists is kind of like this almost perfect metaphor for, for how like suppressed a lot of the, you know, normal society is towards people expressing themselves because you don't need to walk around maybe completely naked all day for a week or maybe you do or maybe you know part of like this is the only place that people are accepting of enough for you to for people to actually be able to do that it's kind of like you know the fucking catholic schoolgirl syndrome where she is stereotypically like very promiscuous or whatever because of the the church like feeding or trying to force feed this ideal of you know um, celibacy or whatever it is, or like waiting till marriage. And like, you know, you tell humans like, nah, sex is bad. Well, guess what? They're going to fucking go in the other direction. And I don't know that this is because society is like suppressing it necessarily. I think this is a, just a beautiful event because it just allows people to really just do what they, they feel is right. And everyone's encouraged to be who, who they want to be. Um, and it's just it is what it's just what you make it like so people can express themselves in in any number of ways. I mean, there's so many crazy things out there. People bring like they 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 strip down like a the biggest bus you can imagine, like a huge double decker bus, and they turn it into this thing called an art car, or you know anything can be an art car. It doesn't have to be a huge bus, but some of the biggest ones out there are like concert venues on wheels. They have basically a PA system that rivals anything you've ever heard at your favorite fucking stadium or like your any venue it's an entire concert venue that just kind of whirs around there's people riding on it then it parks somewhere and just blasts music and there's people just dance in front of it maybe it parks in front of another giant piece of art that someone created and it interacts with that and it becomes like this compounded effect some of the art cars have pyrotechnics they're fucking blasting fire off it's fucking absolutely insane what people will do left untethered, you know, like you're just blown away. You, you realize that there's so much inside us as human humanity, as the human race that is so much more beautiful than just like we're surviving. We're getting our nine to fives. We're like checking all the boxes. It's, it's just absolutely stunning. It's absolutely amazing. Black rock city, son. I cannot say enough about it. Um, 
and again, leaving no trace. I'm just going to try to wrap this up a little bit as I talk more about it. Civic responsibility. That's like a huge one. So then people think, you know, this, it's a bunch of wild motherfuckers on drugs and like dancing around. It is it real quick. That's true. What's pro what the problem is, is, is like people's judgments and presuppositions about that statement. And I'll go into that a little bit later, but civic responsibility, the fact, the playa is immaculate for the most part. I mean, yes, there's, there's, it's called moop matter out of place out there. But when you, when you leave like a piece of trash in the playa, or if you, you know, leave, even, you know, ashing a cigarette on the playa, like things, they take the shit very seriously out there. People are, because they're actually encouraged to be radically self-expressive as well. Like if you're fucking around, people are going to talk mad shit to you. People are going to tell you when you're out of line, they're not going to be polite about it if they don't want to be. And that's another, that's another thing that's beautiful. It just celebrates the whole spectrum of what you have to offer. You're not, you're not going to be like, Oh man, I don't know if I should say anything. People are gonna be like, Hey, you're fucking up. Don't leave your goddamn trash on the goddamn ply. And sometimes people are joking about it, but sometimes they're not like, it's, it's cool. You'll get put in your place quick, especially as a rookie. First time, first time burner, virgin. Yeah, you're gonna run into some trouble out there. Where you're gonna, you're gonna make a faux pas. You're gonna do something you didn't know was is incorrect. And um, and the beautiful thing is that no one's gonna like hold on to resent anything. You know, it it just encourages the best parts of humanity to come forward. I think because they don't, they're not gonna go. Oh fuck, I'm gonna hold on to that. I'm gonna be polite and just hold on to that and kind of resent that person for a day. They're like, no, they're just gonna tell you you're fucking up. You're gonna fix it and it's fine. Um, but that civic responsibility is huge. You know, they're they create some crazy artwork out there and like people are climbing on shit, not parkour athletes, not people like me that are trained for eight years to know what they can do with their bodies. I can't believe that more people don't die all the time out there. Like that's like another thing. I can't believe that there's not piles of vomit sometimes out there, like on the playa. I can't believe that there's just not like ramp rampant, like whatever you, you think, you think that, you know, if you think that human beings are bad, like, or if you, if you don't believe in human beings, like, you think that they'd be out stealing, they'd be out just being complete pieces of shit out there. Nah, nah, son. Like everyone's working together. Everyone's like trying to pull their weight. And you know, my biggest resolution for next year is I want to contribute more. Like you want to be a part of it. You want to help more. You want to like, it feels good to, to participate. It feels good. Like it is what you make it out there too. If the people, the people that don't want to get involved, the people that don't want to, you know, everyone is a participant out there, but the people that get put a lot in, they get more back. It's just, again, it's just like life. Say eh? it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making much sense or if I'm just sounding just like a fucking burner dick writer, but either way, um, I want to talk to you guys more about it. Uh, there's so many things like, I just wish that you know, I want to engage with, with more people on the podcast, maybe even that, that have been to burning man or that we want to have questions about it, whatever. If you guys are interested in this stuff, again, I could talk about it for forever. It feels like right now. Um, speaking of people that I know that were out there and here's one of those synergistic things. All right. So first day I decided to go on a little solo mission because you know, it's important to kind of see what you can do out there. You know, I was with my camp. I didn't want to get in the camp all week and just kind of stuck there. We had an awesome camp. It's easy to get kind of like safe mode feeling there, but that's not what this is about. Like for me, it was about personal growth. It was about becoming a better person and attacking, you know, my, my demons or understanding them, like pushing through barriers, all that, all that good stuff. 
So I was like, I'm going to go out to the playa alone. I'm going to see what happens. First thing I do is I go climb some fucking crazy structure. Because again, there's no rules. Like you, no one's going to yell at you really to get down unless, um, you know, they feel very strongly about it. But you're not, they're not, they're not out there to protect you. It's very cool. So, you know, great place for parkour. And again, so I climb like this, there's this laser beam that goes, that shoots like uh, three miles into the air, like across the playa. I didn't know it was a laser beam yet, but it was, uh, this arch structure. And at, as a parkour athlete, I just looked at this big steel arch thing. It's like tied down with cables. And I was like, I could climb that. So I decided I was going to climb it, stand up there and just kind of like see what I could see from that vantage point. And, uh, you know, personal challenge. That's, that's what parkour is about. Like I think parkour athletes especially have a lot to, I mean, everyone does, but you know, parkour athletes, you know, if you've done anything like parkour, if you've done anything, martial arts, whatever, anything you've applied yourself, you kind of understand like what it means to embrace challenge, I think. So I was looking for that challenge. Burning Man itself was a huge challenge, you know, just to, to see what I could do and how I could better myself. So I climb this thing, I get to the top, some lady, and then, you know, there's consent and stuff out there. People are really polite as well, even though I'm, I'm saying they'll be really rude if, if they feel like you're fucking up. But she, they asked me, you know, some lady, some photographer asked me, can I take your photo? And I was like up there. And I was like, fuck yeah, go for it. So I did, uh, I did my photo up there. I was looking around. I felt really good. I come down and I go to the next camp and no, you know, some, someone hands me the phone. They're like, can you take a photo of us? And I've talked about this person a couple of times already in the podcast. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll take your photo. I'm like setting up to take the photo and all of a sudden I peer around the other side of it and it's fucking Cedric Dahl, the guy that I was just talking about in last week's episode and two weeks ago or four weeks ago with Paul Whitecotton, the guy who created the film People in Motion, which I'm going to rewatch 100% as soon as I'm, uh, as soon as I get the chance basically because that film again is is about Paul Whitecotton, you know, this parkour phenom and Cedric finding him and, and discovering him. And I don't know what Cedric's intentions were. I got again, that's why I got to rewatch it. But, you know, then they culminate, they go to Burning Man and Cedric. And I understand like why you would want to like now, like, all right, we're going to push this into this area. Like there's something very special about that place. So I definitely want to rewatch that. But so f- uh, of course I run into Cedric. Of course I run into Cedric is the first person I ran to in my solo mission. And, you know, took a photo with him, met some new friends of his, um, had a great time, did, did some personal, other personal challenges. Again, I won't go into everything cause there's just literally too much to talk about, but, um, shout out to Cedric. I'll put people in motion, that movie that Cedric basically created, produced, directed in the description. It's if you like parkour, if you like burning man, or if you're interested in either, it is the ultimate documentary piece. You need to watch this thing. And I, I know that I'm going to get a lot out of it. Like I'm no, the second round of, or this maybe third time watching it there's going to be some new insights for me. So I'll put that in the description. You guys have to check it out. If you haven't, it's, it's free on YouTube right now. You, you definitely need to see it. Um, God damn. I don't know where I was. It, it's kind of wild guys. It's kind of wild. This one, but you're going to have to deal with it. So participation, let's, uh, let's go for the last two here. Leaving no trace. Again, I think I was kind of wrapping that up. It's insane. Like you, you comb through your camp when you're leaving every fucking piece of hair that you left on the playa you pick it out you fucking put it in a bag and you leave the playa pristine immaculate the way that it was the way that nature had formed it it's 
it's nuts. It's nuts that it can all come and all disappear like that. Like the impermanence factor again, like I cannot stress that enough is obviously a huge part of it. Like it's burning man. You burn the man. It's like, yeah, you fuck. It's like, fuck the man, like burn him all. Yeah, obviously. But also like that, the whole event is impermanent, you know? And again, like our lives are impermanent. It's, it's such a good metaphor. It's such a good interaction. It's, you can learn so much about yourself out there because you are not impeded, you know, what you could be, you know, you have to embrace it. You have to like push yourself. You get in what you get put or you get out what you put in, obviously, like I was saying, but there is so much you can gain from this, uh, this experience. I think I did. I certainly gained a lot. Um, and we could talk about that more if you guys are interested. I don't want to just keep, you know, bla- flapping my lips at you assholes, you grass holes, yeah. you beautiful people, really. Like, I love you guys. Like that song, thank you for let me be my... Sleep. That song was being played live. That was like the only live music I saw out there. There's a lot of house. If you like house music, you're going to fucking love Burning Man. And I like house music. Um, and I, I would have loved it even without the house, but I took house dancing classes for about like six months. So it's one of the few dance genres. I really know what I feel like comfortable doing. So that was a huge bonus. I felt like I got insanely more proficient at dancing and like really started to be creative with my dance, my house dancing. That is a complaint that some people have though. It's just fucking hilarious because they will play. People are partying all goddamn night and all day long basically so maybe from the hours of like 7 a.m to like 9 a.m that's like the quietest it might get <laughs> but bring your earplugs because you go to bed even if you go to bed at like three in the morning there's the mayan warrior an art car or you know robot heart another art car or fucking who knows where slut garden maybe slut garden which was down the road from us that was another camp and you can you can just imagine what goes on at slut garden I mean, just think of all these places like they're blasting music all night long for the people that, you know, it's there for them. Again, it's a gift for people that want to be up at five in the morning, fucking dancing their ass off. It's a beautiful thing. But that participation, you got to go. You got to be out there. You got to like get in there. Like I challenged myself. I really had different ideals. And I think I talked about it before on the last episode. You know, I have reservations about drug use. I have reservations about what it means to, you know, be, you know, what, what it like, you know, this hippie culture and stuff like this. I had, but I was able to break through a lot of that. You know, personally for me, I felt like I grew a lot. I feel like I opened my mind a lot. I feel like I opened my, you know, and this is going to sound, I don't know what it's going to sound like. I don't really give a shit to be fair. For those people that understand it, hopefully it does something for them. If you don't, you eat, you eat, eat, eat. It, it, it. that's all I can say to you but I felt like I really opened my heart like I've I've I have a tendency and I think a lot of parkour athletes especially listening might be in this way we get real analytical a lot of us men maybe in our society maybe it's a maybe it's like a young man kind of thing and maybe I'm not so young so for to some of you guys but I feel young okay <laughs> but uh you know we live in our heads a lot we get really analytical and even you know lots of people are this way and I don't want to fucking go into chakras and all this other crazy stuff that like is going to take years to unpack. But, but you know, I really felt like I got to live in my heart out there more. And I really opened my heart more to just the world, to the people that I was interacting with. And just, you know, we, you, I think partially, you know, people get, they get scared. You know, you're, you're constantly scared about you know, society's telling you what you should do and what you ought to do and how you ought to think it out. And like, that's a, it's, it's often good advice even like it's, it's, 
intelligent advice. Again, it's coming from the mind. But if you live in your mind, like often what you might be doing is you're 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 acting on on like these fears. You're acting on like this idea, like, well, I gotta go to college because if I don't, I might not get this good job. And if you're acting on like this this I don't want to end up like blank or I don't want to, uh, I'm scared of this or I, you know, that's where a lot of people's hearts are telling them, no, like if you, if you listen to your heart, your heart's going to tell you like, do this, do this. Not like, I don't want to be like this or I don't blah, blah, blah. But instead of, instead of acting out of, out of fear, if you're afraid, like I was afraid to, to be like naked, for example, like that was one area, one tiny area too. Like I was pushing myself, I think in as many directions and as many like frontiers as I could. That's why I felt like I had so much growth. But like for me, like being naked in public is not something I'm very comfortable with. And for whatever reason, you know, I felt like, you know what, I'm going to fucking challenge myself to do some shit. So, you know, for, for me, I, I did some naked shit out there, <laughs> for example, you know, and, I, and, and once I lived in that heart, like I was afraid that people would judge me or whatever. I don't know what the fuck I was afraid of, you know, like, but it doesn't fucking matter. You live in your heart and then it, and then it's fine, you know, and you feel good in your own body. And we, I went to this thing called foam against the machine out there, which midweek was a fucking treat. So you're dusty as shit. And basically it's a weird, wild, naked dance party. And, uh, <laughs> you get butt naked and you go into like a big room where there's like Alex Gray, who, you know, a lot of people are big fans of his for doing crazy artwork for tool and all these other bands and like his own stuff, some psychedelic art. But, He's painting a mural with, you know, his wife and other famous artists, I think. Um, They're painting a mural in the back and there's just human beings just dancing naked. It's not sexual. It's not even like a sexually charged environment. Like, it's just like a beautiful thing. Like, we're all just wearing our unoriginal packaging is what they've called it, I think, which is funny. You're just wearing your original packaging. You're feeling good about your body. You're feeling good in your heart and everyone's just like having a good time and you get foamed down. You go through the human car wash and you come out, you get lathered up with lotion and you just feel good. So, you know, for me, that was a little personal challenge. You know, I was like, all right, more confident now, more comfortable in my own skin. Um, these are the kinds of things that are available for you. And again, this is the time, like, again, it, you listen to 45 podcasts of me talking about Burning Man, you'll get like a 45th of a percent of the, of what maybe you could experience or, or know out there. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Damn. God damn, son. Like there's so much shit. There's so much shit. Like at, at this, the rings, like where I met Cedric, there was like a ring thing again, they're going to talk shit to you. You get on the rings, they tell you to fucking drop trowel. They're like, pull your dick out. It's the best trick you can do on the rings. Maybe I did. We'll see. Maybe you guys have to go to Burning Man. Anyhow, it's a crazy time. But it's not just about being crazy. That's all I'm saying. Is like It's about pushing through those barriers. And it's about... <clears throat> you know, finding and living in that, that true self or whatever. Like if you live in that analytical part of your mind too much, I think I was personally, um, you might make judgments that actually inhibit your experience. It actually limits your, your options or your, your scope of vision or like your ability to appreciate and love people for who they are, et cetera, et cetera. It turned into a hippie. It turned into a fucking burning hippie. That's what happened to me. Night one. I remember I just laughed at myself. I was like, fuck. I'm a burner. Fucking, they got me. They got me, guys. They're going to get you too if you fucking go out there. I swear to God. Um, 
and immediacy. So that's kind of like what I'm touching on right now. So immediacy, like these experiences, they put you in the moment. They put you in the moment. That's where everyone like talks about, right? They're always, everyone's always telling you live in the moment, live in your heart. Like that is like what the, you're exercising the most out there is that ability to like embrace and not live in that fear, not be worried about what you're going to feeling to like tomorrow, not be worried about if this person's that, if you're feeling this, you know, you just express yourself. You're encouraged to just be yourself and let the cards fall where they may. I mean, I don't know. I could say things forever about it. Like, but it's, it's a huge thing. So like the drugs, the, the wildness, the Thunderdome, like at face value, it'd be really easy to make a judgment about it. It's really easy to kind of like, especially if you just saw footage of Burning Man, you weren't there. And even on the first day, there's like a little resistance, you know, from people that are like me that are very, you know, analytical minded sometimes to, to embrace what, what that city has to offer and what these challenges are about. And you're like, what, you know, why, what, you know, people doing drugs and shit, it doesn't sound good and it might not be, but you know, there's also a lot to be said for think about these psychedelic things and there's research coming out and maybe I can, uh, I can recommend you guys to, to look at Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus has a podcast. He's the founder of on it. And that's one of the companies that I, like, I shout out on this podcast a lot. They create good supplements. He's also um, a burner. And, you know, he talks about a lot about these psychedelic experiences and um, and these psychedelic drugs like ayahuasca or mushrooms or MDMA or, um, you know, any of these psychedelics that help you. They're, they've, they've been proven now. There's, they're doing clinical trials. And just like they do clinical trials for on it that prove these things work typically better than prescription drugs. So again, make whatever judgments you want about, um, about it if you want to, but also know that, uh, as far as what I'm, what I'm saying is just like, there's a reason why the, you know, these, these things like, uh, mushrooms or, or MDMA have been proven now with assistance, with guidance, especially like that's, that's important to, to help people work through post-traumatic stress disorder, to help people work through anxiety and depression, to help people just become like a more um, happy and like fulfilled being. Uh, these things that they're more, they're more, it's not just about the partying. It's not just about being naked. It's about, you know, that transformation. And I would say that, you know, to, to kind of wrap things up here, see if I got all that I kind of wanted to cover, but like there's no, it's impossible Again, just like everything, it's impossible to experience it all. It's impossible when you're at Burning Man to 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 see it all. You'll 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 come back and be like, "What the fuck?" You'll someone will show you a photo of like an 80 foot tall structure that you didn't see out there somehow because it, there's just too much to see, too much to do. But the the experience is transformative. It's up to you, um, basically, what what transformations you want to make. So, I would I would encourage people to check it out. I would encourage people to just do their research, see what they're they're thinking about it. And like, you know, the survival stuff, there's going to be great resources out there for learning how to survive. Like I did a pretty good job my rookie year, I think, you know, getting all the, the little essentials so that I wasn't like, you know, feeling the, the desert out there. Obviously, the dust and the dehydration and everything else can be a problem if you're not prepared. But again, that's just like that's that's basically that's step one and step one's pretty easy. It's the transformation. It's the embracing of challenge. It's the embracing, you know, living in, uh, 
in a space of love and not of fear. That's like, these are the things that are going to be the, the real things that you take home with you and the real experiences that, um, that's real transformations that happen at Burning Man. And not to say that you have to fucking go to Burning Man to experience or learn these things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's a fucking good place to do it. And it, and I don't, and I don't know that anyone out there, I mean, there's people that have been doing it since it began. There's people that have had like 20 years or more of experience doing these things. There's a reason why they keep coming back. And they say, you know, when you get there, they say, welcome home. And, uh, that's kind of the reason why, because people feel like they're home there often. I don't know. Could go on about it forever. Um, there's so much more I could say and, and there's so much that I don't even want to say because it's not it's not for, for you to, to discover on a podcast and it would be impossible to discover it on a podcast. You know, again, these transformations, these uh, these experiences, they're accessible every day in life and that's one of the beautiful things I think about the, the event Burning Man is it reminds you and re-inspires you to, to know that. It's, it's and, and then hopefully you can carry it more with you into your everyday life but but goddamn okay so that was my rant on burning man much love to mountain mayhem camp um much love to the people that put that on everyone that was there this year and much love for you guys for for listening you know let thanks for letting me and on this podcast thanks for letting me be myself again because that's kind of how i feel again i feel like i'm myself again in a way because i feel like i've that was part of the transformation i got back to the core of myself and I sound like a fucking therapist patient, but that's fucking what happened. All right, so deal with it. Um, super fun, and yeah, I couldn't I couldn't talk about it enough. It was so so good. But we'll move on. We're moving on. I love you guys. I love all of you guys for listening, and I encourage you guys to check some of that stuff out. Um, the links will be in the description. Um, and I'll see you guys at next year's camp. Check this out. Before I wrap that last thing up, these are the three necklaces I got. I got this recycling necklace for bringing a bunch of five bags of aluminum cans. I got this one made by a fellow burner of mine. And this was our camp necklace. Hala Mountain Mayhem. Um, proudly wearing these for the next few weeks for sure. In and out. Let's see here. Moving along. Moving along. I got some other stuff. So current events now. Let's go into some PK events, current events. Um, yeah, I mean, I just talked for an hour. That's usually our, our full episode length. I just talked about for with just Burning Man and Black Rock City. Um, but again, it's the tip of the iceberg. So I hope you guys dug it. I hope you guys dug it anyways. I hope I get some people stoked on that idea or just invested or in, in, you know curious about it. And uh, let's go ahead and go on to spitting in the wind. Spitting in the wind. Sen. So Modus Projects, as you guys know, they had a um, they have a series going on, Spitting in the Wind. It's a parkour, like I think it's 10 or 12 episode series of their trip through America last year. Um, it's been crushing it. I hope you guys have been watching. I definitely have been enjoying the episodes. I wanted to give a big shout out this last week. The one that they aired last week when I was at Burning Man was uh, one of my favorite episodes I think obviously it's the one where they go to Boulder so for me it was pretty special because I got to remember and relive some of those memories of the Modus Projects guys coming through and Eric and um, Joe Hendo from Storm and us all like having a blast together um, so if you want to see more footage of the Maxwell and everyone kind of partying and, and uh, moving and having a good time here uh, yeah, go watch episode 
whatever that was. I was spitting in the wind. It was a really good one. It was actually the longest episode yet, I think. So feel honored that they, they felt the need to, to highlight that with uh, some extra footage. Um, Boulder, they had, they had kind of a tough go. Boulder is actually usually very, it's, it's more like, you know, it's more like Black Rock city than other cities in that, like, it's very accepting, encouraging. People are pretty nice and friendly here, but they, they ran into a lot of trouble with the law. So it was a really fun challenge for them while they were out here, but they got what they needed to get as you tend to do. And then, um, I wanted to shout that out. And then storm, my brothers at storm, excuse me. I've got that dust in my nose still. Um, fucking Jesus. Ed Scott, souk full. I don't know if you guys saw that. That just happened. As far as I know, he's like one of one people that did that ever. Um, so souk full outside into mulch. I think it was, so Ed Scott crushing the game. Um, it's good to see his toes healed and he's pushing himself and pushing the sport as he's meant to do. And I just wanted to again, shout out, you know, they released their Woodward episode as well recently. Um, just much love to Kai Willis and Lynn and Lynn, you know, like both of those, those two, they've been, they've been crushing it. And Lynn's gone through some serious challenges with her shin. Her leg has been like basically on and off broken for like two and a half years now. And she's met that challenge with the most like grace and strength and stuff and courage that I've ever seen. Like she's just, you wouldn't even know you, you maybe probably it's the first time you're finding out that's how fucking gnarly Lynn Young is. Um, you know, she's, she's such a champ and, and Kai, Kai's still just crushing shit. Kai's my age. Um, those guys inspire me so much because of their, their ability to just, keep attacking and keep pushing themselves and keep enjoying their, their dreams. And it's not easy. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. Um, but shout out to those guys. I mean, the way that Kai's moving at 29 or 30, I think he's the same age as me. So he's 29. I might be, I might be just a few days younger than him. I think he's a, I don't know. We'll see. I think we both turned 30 this year, but he's still ripping Lachey's giants into huge things, technical, like 180, Prees at height to to cheese wire fucking rails to underbarring out. I mean, Kai's just a, a serious legend. Fucking legend. Both those guys, I mean, never don't give it up to Storm. And I know that Storm's got a lot of exciting things on the horizon. So um, just keep watching those guys. I don't know. Just love them for those guys. And then uh, let's keep going. Well, I wanted to, one of the biggest uh, events I'd say this week, one of the game changers maybe, we'll see. Um, Breach Clothing just launched. So if you guys don't know who Breach is, they're pretty under the radar as of late, but they've been kind of like, just like push gathering momentum, Breach. Um, and they got some OGs and some like, they it, it's kind of an amalgamation of like some new, hot, fresh, young talent and some of the legends, some of the Cambridge Tracers like Phil Doyle, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus Christ, Daniel Ilabaca. It's so disrespectful to burp in you guys' faces like that. I'm sorry. Um, Daniel Ilabaca is involved and, the, the, you know, some of like the original, some guys that, you know, if you're, if you're my generation, you definitely know about and there have been probably the most inspiring figures for you. Ilabaca, Philly D, um, and it's working working with Phil, or excuse me, working with Scott Bass, like and uh, Chris Ilabaca, and they have like this stunt camera crew thing that they have also kind of launching like simultaneously. It seems like with the clothing brand breach, 
Um, so they shot their apparel kind of promo, their big like brand launch video. And I'll put this in the description. You guys should check it out. Um, beautifully shot, beautifully edited, some really interesting angles and beautiful movement. And, um, you know, it's great to see, you know, Philly D just kind of like getting involved with something again, it looks like. And, and, you know, you need, you need those people around you. You need those people. You need that, that core effort sometimes to kind of reignite, you know? So I know that like a lot of those guys live in Cambridge with Phil and it's, it's good to see him getting pulled out into more projects. Um, obviously he's affiliated with storm as well still. So we'll see what that means for the future, but yeah, breach clothing. Definitely keep your eye on this. It's something to be watching. Stuntman camera, or excuse me, stunt camera crew. They've been posting some really cool, interesting clips. Like they're just doing production and obviously releasing videos and, and good apparel. Their clothes look sick. Breach apparel. And they have they have a fucking lit, for lack of a better term, list of athletes um, involved. And, the, you know, Greg Eccles, I think, or was it Greg Ennis? Greg Ennis was also like a celebrity appearance on their thing. Another powerhouse athlete from the UK. Um, so yeah, I'm keeping my eye on breach. You guys should too. Um, and, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, we got the parkour events covered, son. Um, I won't go too much. We're going to have a guest next week for sure. I'm going to figure this out. Uh, we had back to back solo blast this, this, uh, 33 and 34. So, we're due for a guest. Let me know. Uh, much love to all the people that have been supporting the podcast. We got some some more support, some more shout outs. Uh, you know, Giles was very encouraging when he was here. And I'm, I'm thinking we're going to start some merch soon. So, you know, if, if you guys want to see some merch, some height drop merch apparel, whatever you're seeing, you know, let me know. We're going to be getting that in the works. Um, uh, oh, and, and again, I, don't, I hate to keep bringing it back, but like, you know, it's important to mention this, I think. Again, the impermanence, and again, one of the biggest things and probably the biggest thing that happens at Burning Man is the temple as well. So you burn the man the next night and like all this shit happens. It's crazy. It's whatever you want to make it for the entire week. On Sunday, you burn the temple. And I'm not going to say too much about it because it's very personal to everyone. It's personal to me and it's, a, it's something, again, that you can't iterate you can't really put into words other than the fact that this is a, a place where people put things that they need to let go of. It's a temple, like it burns and it's a place. It's kind of like, it's a ceremonious, like death kind of symbol, symbolic thing. And so, you know, I don't want to start crying. Like literally it could happen. So I don't want to go into crazy detail, but we had a very, you know, one of the reasons why we were all out there is we had a very, very, very close friend and in of Mount Mayhem and of mine, someone I've known for a long time growing up, who passed away this year. And um, so it was, you know, a heavy year for us to let go and and celebrate and uh, and I don't know, just like make peace or or at least uh, digest or just think about and uh, experience that that experience of 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 our friend just passing away and, um, and you burn the temple. Like there's lots of people, like one of the, it's very sad when you go there, 
um, temple is like temple is this again there it's a beautiful structure like every year a different architect i think or one of the uh same architects maybe and one of the original founders of burning man also passed away this year so this is the last time he was involved in one of the designs i think of this temple they design a beautiful burning man structure every year and they design a beautiful temple every year that's the other than that pretty much everything is independent i think um, but the, the temple is just beautiful to this year it was kind of like a spiraling dome structure and you know, so people leave the, in there, there's like people's pets, like loved ones, like memory, like lots of anyone who died, like it's, it's a very sad place. You know, maybe it's not that there's, there's other things I put in there. There's other messages I wrote in there that, you know, aren't just about, um, people, but you know, it's, We'll get into some of this more later. Again, I don't want to, I could go on about it forever, but Temple is, Temple is the ultimate culmination for the week because it is symbolic of everything that you need to let go of. And like, you might've picked up a lot of shit along the way in your life, or even in, you know, you might've realized some stuff that you had that you were carrying that week um, that you need to let go of. But that's another like ritualist sort of ritual that happens at the end of the week. Um, and, uh, yeah, that again, I'll leave that kind of just where it was, but there's a lot of pain there. There's a lot of catharsis though that happens in spite of that. Um, you know, it's the, it's the duality of life, baby. You got fucking lots of pain, but through the, through the processing of it and through the embrace of, of challenge and, and accepting that pain, you become stronger, you become better and you realize like more of what you want and need and can do and want to, will do in life. So anyhow, um, lots of big stuff in the temple this, this year. Um, original founder, Larry Harvey was a, uh, and let's just read a quote by Larry Harvey. He was an OG founder of, of burning man, uniquely expressive acts, get transformed and elaborated into social rights and through participation, they accrue a breadth and depth of meaning, which can only be produced in a communal setting. It is the primal process by which culture is created. That's Larry Harvey. He's an OG founder of burning man. And I know that like a lot of people close to him had stuff in the temple for him this year. Um, our friend has was, was in the temple this year and other stuff many, many things guys. So temple is, uh, is the ultimate experience. Like I, I almost left it off the table just because it's like, you know, it's not a religious event, but it is like a sacred experience and, uh, whatever, whether or not you're a spiritual person or not, like, um, you feel it out there. You you feel the good and you feel the bad. The bad is obviously what it is. Like people are, it's, it's, it, it, blo it blows your goddamn mind how much is taken away from people, like how much love, how many good people seem to be just whoosh, siphoned out of the, out of, uh, you know, away from life, you know, um, at such young ages, there's, you know, pictures of children in there. There's lots of people's pets. It's fucked up. But, uh, you know, at the same time, um, it's comforting it's very comforting when you're there to know that there's so many people also experiencing this and like turning it into turning that energy into something new and creating with it. So anyhow, read about it, son. You're talking to a, you're listening to a first time rookie ass burner. Although I might, I, 
I don't want to jinx it, but I might have won rookie of the year this year at our camp. And I'm crossing my fingers for that because, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, come on, son. That's what I'm talking about, you know? I fucking gave my heart. I put my heart into that event. Um, so it doesn't really matter if I won rookie of the year, but it's fun. But anyhow, uh, Jesus, guys. I'm glad I didn't cry. I, I couldn't get too close to that stuff. Sorry, guys. I don't want to cry on camera here. I'm trying to get this uploaded to YouTube fucking every week again. I'm trying, but this is the time. This is the time. It's going to happen. Um, so here we are. End of the episode here. And last thing I wanted to talk about since uh, we often talk about fighting on this podcast is we're going to go over the UFC 228 card which is happening this Saturday. So, <clears throat> God damn, I'm so disrespectful in your face with these belches. But you can't even smell them, so it's all good. Um, and I ate a peach this morning and banana, so it's like not even, you're good. Uh, so we got headlining, or let's work our way up the main card here. Actually, there's only like three fights, four fights that I'm like worried about telling you about. So, there's two great women's fights on the card that I can... Well, there's a bunch. It's a stacked card. Let's not get carried away here. It is a stacked card, but on the main card, what I'm paying attention to, and then there's other ones I'll pay attention to on the bottom prelims, but you got Karolina Kowalkiewicz versus Jessica Andrade. That's a straw weight bout. That's going to be lit. I mean... Carolina is one of my favorite fighters. She's a Polish fighter. She's uh, arguably took a took a few rounds, or some people, you know, she was maybe one of Joanna's toughest challenges before she was dethroned. Always a fun watch. She's um, and Jessica Andrade is just a tank, son. She'll whoop your ass. She'll mollywop you around the ring. So uh, that'll be an interesting fight. Zabit Magomed Sharipov, which is. One of those dudes is kind of out of like that Habib Dagestani camp, which is fucking obvious from his name. Jesus Christ. Zabit Magomed Sharipov. Fun to say. If you, I'm probably saying it wrong, but fun to say. Where's Brendan Davis? And Zabit has got one of the craziest fighting styles you've ever seen. He's like 6'2". I don't know how the hell he gets down to featherweight. He shouldn't be a featherweight. He won't be for long. Um, but it's insane to see him fight a featherweight because he's basically 10 feet taller and like 40 feet longer than any of his opponents probably and uh he looks like a skeleton fighting but he looks he's got the craziest skill set like he's got a wide range of attacks he's good at wrestling because all those dagestani guys are insane at wrestling and he's good at jujitsu too and he looks like a freaking he looks like the he looks like animal the the muppet as like a really tall skinny dude that's what he looks like. Um, the co-main, you got Valentina Shevchenko. Always a beast. Always a fun watch versus Nico Montano. I uh, don't know her, but I'm sure I will after this fight um, for the women's flyweight title, I think. So that's going to be a super fun fight. Hey, Valentina Shevchenko is Peruvian. Hola. I'm Peruvian. What up? Um, she sounds Russian as fuck, but with that last name. So I'm sure she's both. Um, and then, of course, Tyron Woodley versus Darren Till. Very exciting fight. I'm waiting for one like this. I mean, we Tyron, 
you know, the welterweight title has been def- defended for like by Tyron for like the last few or three fights, I think now. Two against Stephen Thompson, one against um, who did he fight? Jesus, what did he do? Uh, Damian Maya, but it's been kind of lackluster. Tyron's get a lot of shit because. He's playing it safe in a way, you could say. He's playing it smart as shit, though, is what he's really doing. There's only one way to beat some of these guys. Steven Thompson was undefeated until he fought Tyron. You know, Damian Maya is a menace to society in terms of grappling, although he's kind of over the hill now, it feels like. So that is what it is. Um, but Tyron doesn't get a lot of respect as champion yet because he just hasn't really had that championship performance where it's memorable he's he's had lots of memorable performances going up to the belt when he took the belt from Robbie Lawler it was memorable but as champion people are getting pissed off because he played it very safe with with Stephen Thompson which is basically the only way you can fight him you have to pick your spots you have to be faster you gotta you know he did what he had to do but it wasn't exciting and so people shit on him and uh, and he's kind of been whiny as champion at times. He seems like the world's out to get him. He kind of complains. So I don't know. I like and I actually love Tyron as champion. I love uh, I, I understand where he comes from, um, basically on all accounts. But and he's got he's got a really fun his own personal like UFC embedded series called Champ Camp. But you know he's he's no he's no Conor McGregor for example. He's no he does he doesn't necessarily go balls to the wall, like rolls the dice, like really risking more and like gambling more with his career and gam- and, and trying to rise to like a higher challenge as much as he kind of like is more strategic and that's inspiring too. But, you know, Connor gets paid the big bucks and he's going to be on the next card next month for a reason. Um, and we can talk about that when that happens. But his opponent, Darren Till, out of the UK is one of my favorite up-and-comers right now. And um, he missed weight in his last fight, which is kind of fucked up that he would be even allowed to to fight for the belt. But it's the UFC, so you get what you get. So, uh, yeah, Darren Till's been on a fucking tear. He's been, he's had one draw, no losses. Uh, f- you know, he's he had a four-fight win streak basically going right now. And basically, besides that draw, he's gotten 17 wins in a row. Um Mostly knockouts, you know. He's a power puncher. He's got a wide. He's, he's his striking abilities are, are very good. He's huge for the division. That's why he probably missed weight. I think he kind of came in on late notice, maybe for that one. I'm not sure, but anyhow, I think he's he's the consummate. Oh no, no, you know what happened last time was what he had like a family emergency. Like he has somebody you know was sick or somebody may have, may have died in his family, and that put him that took him out and put him in the hospital or bedside or something. Um, He's, he seems like he has a heart of gold and he seems like he's a consummate professional and he works as hard as pretty much everybody. And he seems like his confidence, like Conor McGregor's confidence, comes from a real place of just hard work and kind of knowing what he's capable of, which um, which is rarer than it, you know than some of these other guys that you know they try to be the Conor McGregor. They talk a lot of shit, but they don't fucking... You can almost see it in their eyes. They don't actually even believe it themselves. Darren Till seems to have that that true confidence. So I'm very excited to see him fight. I actually think he's going to take the belt from Tyron. I think he just kind of has what it what it takes. I think he's going to be the the new champion, and I think he is going to reignite this division a little bit from Tyron. Tyron kind of, um, you know, just kind of I don't know. 
whatever it is. Again, I love Tyron. I respect him. But what do I know? Anyhow, I'm just a random fan. I'm just telling you guys. I think that Darren Till is going to do it. He's a uh, he's a new favorite of mine. I love I love the Brits. You know, I love you Brits out there. A lot of Brit Brit listeners out in this podcast, I think, right now. So much love to the Brits. And we had some British people in our camp. Fuck yeah, the Jordy and Max. Much love to those guys. Um, and I'm mostly British, according to my DNA profile. So maybe that's why. But I got a lot of love for the Brits. And Darren Till, I think, is is one of the one of the. He potentially is. He's the potential to be one of the greats if he takes the belt on Saturday. Whew. It's gonna be hard. You're gonna be hard pressed to stop him because he's still in the prime. He's still getting better every fight, and uh, he's got a big. He's still got a lot of skills to develop. It seems like, but like he's got a lot of you know skills. Um, whereas Tyron has a pretty limited skill set. He's gonna fucking try to hit you with that overhand right, and uh, he's obviously an accomplished wrestler. So he's gonna stuff the takedown, and he's gonna probably out wrestle you. He's very strong, very very powerful. Very covers distance across the octagon very well, but you're not going to necessarily worry about his jiu-jitsu or his kicking or you know other you know more complicated combinations and strikes. Um, but you know he does what he got. He, he does what got get got him to the dance very well. He's got that one weapon dialed so good that even though you know it's coming, even though it's the one thing you know you have to watch out for, you get fucked by it anyways. And that's a beautiful thing too, and that's why mixed martial arts is just some of the most exciting shit you can watch. Um, so that's UFC 228 coming up this Saturday. Uh, I can't wait to watch it, and I can't wait to to tell you talk to you guys more about everything popping off in my life and uh, in the world of parkour and uh, in the world in general as we move along here on Height Dropper episode 34 already, son. 34 weeks of height dropping. What a fucking time. Um, so that's it, gang. That's it. I want to thank you guys for letting me be myself on this episode and always on every episode of Height Drop. And I encourage you guys to to make sure you do the same. And uh, and I love you guys. I really mean that. I love every one of you guys listening right now. And uh, sorry for being such a hippie on this episode. But sorry, you're just going to get the new lovey brand now. I'm all lovey-dovey, baby. I'm all living in my heart and shit. Uh, you like that? <laughs> um, I love you guys, seriously. And uh, I cannot thank you enough. I, I, I love this podcast. I love doing it. And I just can't wait to bring more of these. So get involved. Check out all the links in the description and just get at me. You know, just I can't wait to hear more from our audience members and, and our Patreon supporters. And, um, and just keep growing. We're growing this up, babies. Babies. That was our phrase. You know, at, the, at Mount Hayham, you don't say baby. You say baby. All right? So we out here, baby. And we'll see you next week. Babies. Much love. Bye.
Thank <laughs> you.